With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up? Tony Schiavone here. Conrad Thompson and I are taking What Happened When Live to St. Louis and Baltimore. Yes, sir. If you're a fan of our podcast, then I promise you, you'll love us live. We're coming to St. Louis Saturday, June 22nd at 730. That's coming up very soon. Saturday, June 22nd at 730. We'll be in St. Louis at Off-Broadway, located at 3509 Lemp Avenue. Doors will open at 7 o'clock, but of course, you can get in early if you get a VIP ticket. Get your tickets now for St. Louis at this website, TonyAndConradLive.com. Again, TonyAndConradLive, one word, dot com. The very next day, we'll be in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. That'll be Sunday, June 23rd. We'll start at 1 o'clock there. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is at 6526 Holliburn Avenue. And, of course, if you live in the Baltimore area, then you know where that is. Tickets for the Baltimore show on the 23rd available by going to this website, WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. WhatHappenedWhenLive being one word. There are VIP and general admission tickets available to both shows, so make sure you get on board. What Happened When Live, Saturday, June 22nd at 7.30 in St. Louis at Off-Broadway, then at 1 o'clock, Sunday, June 23rd in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. If you get a VIP ticket for either show, it includes a meet-and-greet with photo ops. St. Louis, go to TonyAndConradLive.com. Baltimore, go to WhatHappenedWhenLive.com, and we'll see you for What Happened When... And we'll see you for What Happened When? The weekend of Saturday, June 22nd and Sunday, June 23rd. Our special guest, the one and only Casio Kid. So don't be a slapdick and miss out. We'll see you then. What's up, Candy Lickers? It's your boy, Cassio. Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. It's another episode of Cassio's Cut. everybody for checking out the podcast we are growing and growing and setting records every single week for single day downloads first day downloads and i appreciate you guys it's all because of you i'm glad you're enjoying the product that we are putting out together uh, we've got some fan art coming in whw fan art on instagram sent me some we're going to be slinging that up on social media uh jills goutreau from canada Sent some fan art in. Appreciate that, brother. Uh, thank you for listening. We're going to sling that up on social media as well. And we've got people checking in from all over the place. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Casio's Cut 
on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's real easy to keep up with. My personal account, if you want to follow my radio show and my comedy dates and all that is my regular day-to-day life, it is the Casio Kid there. Also, speaking of radio, be sure you follow the Rocket 951 if you want to follow that. Um, also, we've got uh, big things coming next week. Got two promotions we're rolling out on the next podcast, so stay tuned there. I'm excited to unveil those. And this week, super excited for my guest. Uh, we have upwards, uh, based on the last analytics I saw, we have upwards of 18 to 20 listeners, and I know 13 of y'all came from what happened when with Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. And uh, that's where the Candy Liquor crew came from because my theme song over there, I introduced that listenership to Marvin Cease's Candy Liquor song. If you have not heard it, go change your life today with all, I think that's about 11 minutes if you play the all original version there. It'll change your life, Candy Liquors. Uh, but I'm excited to talk to my boy, uh, Tony Schiavone. Today, he had time to uh, talk to me. We had to always have fun chatting with the man, the myth, the legend. The man that puts butts in seats. And this is the greatest podcast in the history of our sport. Tony Schiavone, everybody's uncle. Why do you call me a candy licker? I said you're the lead candy licker because you... Lead candy liquor. Your okay. podcast started the candy liquor craze. Wow. Wow. So Do you feel good I about that? Try, I should try to get some money for that. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not on a shirt yet. Maybe it'll yeah. be a shirt after this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's we'll work on that. But you know what, <laughs> uh Cassio, it is it is great to be able to talk to you. I'm just uh I'm thrilled to be here today. I, uh, hang on. I wrote down something else. <laughs> You're my favorite radio announcer of all time. <laughs> you certainly didn't marry way above your pay grade. Well, that's true. Uh, uh, Conrad Thompson sucks. I wrote that down too, but we'll get to that stuff later. Yeah, but exactly. It's great, man, it's great to be with you. So, uh, Tony Schiavone, of course, uh, if, if they are listening to this and know you, it is of course from your, uh, wrestling years uh, back in the day, everybody my age, uh, we grew up with you, and you announced for everybody. When did you start your first wrestling announcing gig? Uh, it was 1983, Cassio. I was uh, Jim Crockett. Was, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions. I was working for Jim Crockett's baseball team, the Charlotte O's, Baltimore's double-A team in the Southern League. I was their play-by-play guy. They hired me in 82. After I'd spent a year in A-Ball in 81, I stayed in A-Ball long enough to pick up Lois for one year. <laughs> you guys met in Charlotte? Well, we met in Greensboro the year before. Yeah. Okay. Then we moved. To, we got married, moved to Charlotte. Uh, and uh, so in 82, I moved to Charlotte. And that's where I started working for, the, for Crockett Promotions as their baseball announcer. And... So, you know, being a big wrestling fan from Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, growing up in Virginia, I was a big fan of all that stuff. Big fan. And uh, I kept telling Francis, you know, I can, hell, I can do this. Let me be a wrestling announcer. And um, I, I just kind of thought that it was one of those, you believe in the, you believe in meant to be things that are meant to be? Yeah. 
I mean, look at my wife. Yeah. See, boy, you're not kidding. Um, <laughs> see, I necessarily don't believe okay. in things like that, but my wife does. And it was like one of those meant to be moments. You grew up a big fan of world of uh, mid Atlantic championship wrestling. And now you're working for the Crockett's. Wow. That's, that's kind of odd. So I, I begged them pleaded with them. If you needed another announcer, use me. And finally in, uh, October of 83, they said, okay, we do need an uh, announcer to do one thing for us. And I said, what's that? And they said, we need you to go to Ric Flair's house, interview him for his match against Harley race for Starcade 83. Uh, and I, that was your first I, gig. First gig. Yeah. I mean, interview. they threw you right into the fire. Yeah. I, I agree. I was going, Holy, holy okay, I'll do it. And I was, <laughs> you know, I was nervous. I was, and I've, I've never been nervous about anything before or since then. Uh, all the times I was on TV. Uh, and went to Flair's house, met Flair, did the interview with him. Uh, he told the Crockett's that he thought that I would make a good wrestling announcer. And uh, they used me at, at star, the first Starcade, 83. Uh, and um, they started using me to do interviews, uh, the local promo interviews in their studios. Uh, and I would spend all day Wednesday doing the interviews there. And uh, Dusty loved wor the work that I did. He was a booker back that time. So... Thanks to the, uh, thanks to Ric Flair going to bat for me and Dusty Rhodes going to bat for me, my career started. And that, that had to be a pretty big deal for Flair to bless you. I'm, I'm basically right out of the gate. I mean, give the seal of approval. Yeah, but you know it, it's timing. It, it is. I mean, look, I, uh, I was, I was, I was an announcer. Okay, I, I was. That was my job. That was, I'm not going to say I was a polished announcer because I was just out of college. Right. But I had been announcing and they had been using Bob Cottle and who's a, one of the great wrestling announcers of all time. Uh, they have been using Johnny Weaver. They had been using David Crockett. They had been using a guy named Big Bill Ward who was in his 70s. Uh, and so I just, my timing was right. This announcer type became a part of the company. And I, and you know, in, in today's society, in, in, in 2019, with, uh, you know, every jack-off in the world wanting to be a wrestling announcer, I'm not so sure that uh, I would have uh, prospered. But back in 81 or 82, 83, I did. And it was just a, a case of being in the right place at the right time. But it was a big deal to have Ric Flair go to bat for me. And it was a big deal to have Dusty go to bat for me. And uh, to this day, I, you know, I always remember both of those guys uh very fondly uh meeting you and and of course through conrad uh, numerous other uh, people in the wrestling business um it, it seems to me and I've, I've had this discussion with a couple other people the red being quote quote unquote with the boys it's almost like as soon as someone that they uh respect vouches for you then you're immediately in the club forever you know until you get some kind of heat but they, I mean, there's a separation between fan and then all of a sudden, hey, this is my guy. You know, yeah. I, I've had Conrad go, hey, this is. Once you introduce you as somebody, then all of a sudden, boom, you're in the club, and it's a whole different uh, attitude. Do you think that? Do you think that's a once somebody vouches for you, you're kind of in? Yeah, I, I think I think uh, now more than ever. Uh, you know, back when I started, it was pretty. It was a very tight knit, closed group, uh, and K Fable's alive, very much so. And now it's kind of relaxed 
And, and I agree. I mean, I, I think that once you're in our group, and I hate to say it like that, I hate to make people think that we're a clique or anything like that. But once you're in our group and once we get to know each, get to know you, then, you know, we get, you know, you're, you're, you're a buddy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know why. And sometimes I look in the mirror and, uh, and ask myself, why in the world are you doing this? But sometimes I will send a text to Taylor Williamson, which anybody, <laughs> anybody in his right mind would not communicate with Taylor Williamson. Okay. Uh, but, uh, here he is, uh, part of our group, and we, he, you know, he and I send texts back and forth. And I'm thinking, I would never text with an asshole like this. And, um, but you know, he's with us now, right? And so, uh, yeah, it's a, we got a hell of a group. We really do. We got a lot of good friends. Uh, and don't you think it all kind of, uh, it all kind of started because Conrad has this extended group of friends and associates that uh, love him and respect him and. Would love to slap him around sometime, but because he's got so much money, we don't. Well, uh, and uh, I, I think he—I I, kind of think he started this group that we have. He has a—he um, has an innate ability to, uh, if he wants to, make you feel like you have been friends from him for him with him for thirty years. As soon as you meet him, do you agree with that? Oh yeah, there. I, I don't. There's no question. Do you? Do you know the? Uh, you know the. the Everybody knows the story about, um, you know, how he contacted me and, uh, well, just do a short version. Uh, but in case there's people listening to this, I think I stole most of my listeners from uh, WHW, but for the mm -hmm. few that haven't, like my mom, who I've told her specifically not to listen to your, that podcast, especially when I'm on, mm -hmm. um, just real quickly, let's maybe, maybe we rewind. You, 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 you went through the wrestling business and everybody knows you, Jim Crockett, you, then you go to. WWF for a little bit, then you go to WCW um, and TNA, and then a huge gap. You basically, you basically, what would you say, stepped away from wrestling? Or yeah. You hated the wrestling business? Is that a good nope. statement? No, nope. no, that's not. That, okay. That's not a good statement. Uh, I didn't hate the wrestling business. I wanted to recreate myself, okay. and I thought I thought staying away from wrestling would be the best way to do it, uh, and. Uh, also because of the job that I had, I, uh, the, I, they used me one night in TNA, I guess for a couple of shows, a couple of different shows, maybe, maybe one show. I don't remember. Uh, and I realized that because I now had a full-time job in radio, I could not go, I could not go to Nashville once a month and drive all night to come back to do morning sports. You know how it is in working yes. morning radio. So I, I couldn't do it. So I decided to step away from it and my career took off somewhat in radio. I started working for the Georgia Bulldogs. I started doing the, uh, the Braves AAA team in Gwinnett. So I decided I'm just going to, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to reinvent myself and I'm going to walk away from wrestling. And this is before all the nostalgia came back, you know, all that we're, that we're, uh, loving now. So I decided to step away from it. Then Conrad get in touch, got in touch with me on, uh, in January, 2017 with a very long, nice, uh, email decide asking me if I wanted to do a podcast and I really didn't want to do it. Uh, but Lois and I talked about it and Laurie was getting married and we certainly could use the money. And Conrad said, Hey, we can make some money, which we did and have. And so that's it. But I got a Conrad story before that. Okay. Uh, I, and I guess you're part of Conrad's group. I got a, I got an email one, one time. I don't know how many years ago it was before 2017. It was probably maybe 2015, maybe 2014. The years run by quickly. I got an email from this dumbass named Conrad Thompson. 
And he said, uh, my name is Conrad Thompson. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, I want you, I, I'd like for you to uh, come to my house and we'll have a cookout. I'll pay you X amount of dollars for an appearance fee just to meet with me and my friends and tell wrestling stories. He said, before you, you know, say, you know, you're an idiot, uh, which I've said you're an idiot to him many times <laughs> since then. He said, before you say you're an idiot, uh, uh, he gave me the list of guys who have done it. So I thought, wow, Huntsville's not far away. I can make a little money. So I, I, I said, okay, I'll do it. And then I never heard back from him. Really? And yeah, never heard back from him. And I thought, well, he's just another jack off. And uh, so I finally, after months and months, called him. And he picked up the phone. He said, oh, I've, I, I broke my leg or something. Some, I don't know. And I've been out of touch. But <laughs> I never will forget him saying this. I still want to do it. Uh, do you need any money? Like, <laughs> what he said do you need any money i'll pay you up front okay. i should have said yes yeah, son of a bitch here's my paypal yeah, exactly. uh, and then you fall out of touch that's right you should have <laughs> broke your leg then i didn't hear from him again and i thought you know what he's full of shit so uh, <laughs> which i know now right right so, now it's come true and, and then again i then i didn't hear from him again until that email to do the the podcast. So I was kind of, eh, you know, I was kind of weird, uh, leery about uh, that because, but the pod, the, uh, the email about the podcast was so well-written and it was a business plan. It really was. And, um, uh, how long, so how I, long before that first contact till the podcast email, probably uh, a year. Yeah. Every bit of a year, maybe two. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I don't know. So that, I mean, that was kind of one of the first uh, touching back on, you know, one of the boys vouching for you. That was one of the first times I saw that in action was uh, because Conrad did have a couple people over and some people wouldn't respond. Some people like you. I mean, the last thing anybody in the wrestling business, one of the talent wants to hear is a fan inviting him over to hang in the basement. Um, right. That's, that's usually not going to end well for anybody involved. Uh, but you know, Conrad was like, I reached out to a few people and they, they, they ghosted me, no response. And, and people would pull their phone out right there and go, well, who do you want? I'll just call somebody and vouch for you and tell them, you know, this isn't, this is more than what it seems on the surface of a fan right. inviting you over. Uh, and then of course, you know, he reached out to you and then left you hanging, but that was fine. Yeah. That, uh, so I, I take it you were one of the, the groups that would have been in the, uh, uh, oh, basement. Yeah. That would have gang raped me when I got there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had a special other suit uh, planned out yeah. for that. Yeah, so uh, that that was uh, probably, uh, uh, and that's how we got to know each other. And then uh, we started doing it later that month in January. Started doing the podcast, and I can't remember when I first showed up. I said I need to, I need to come to the house. We'll do one there because I need to meet you in person. Right. And I I showed up at the house. He opened the door, and it was like we knew each other all our lives. I mean, that's just the way he was. That's his, uh, that's his brilliant ability. One of his many, many, uh, brilliant abilities. And, uh, we met, you just came to eat lunch with him one day. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told everybody about it, so okay. I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> No, I remember. I remember having lunch. <laughs> I, I, uh, where do we have lunch? 
Uh, we had it at Drake's. At Drake's? Yeah, the bar. Never been there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, because, I mean, he, he you know, he, he, he positioned you as his best friend. And uh, so, you know, uh, I, being he's the pod father, you know, you have to be uh, Fredo. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> when so did I, you... When did you realize you guys start doing the podcast? If anybody for some reason has have has not heard what happened when, um, you basically just relive what started just reliving events you were a part of, and now it's uh, you guys have been going so long. You you watch shows that you weren't a part of. Just people want your reaction. When did you? When did it hit you? Like this is this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. This is bigger than I thought it was right now. When did it start going? Holy shit, this is big. Uh, I think when I started getting money in on a monthly basis from T-shirts. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, uh, and then we started getting sponsors. Uh, I realized it, w- it was going bigger than I thought. Uh, and, and and you definitely didn't think it was lasting this long. Like you said, no. when you first got in, you legit were going to the wedding, your daughter's wedding, and then stopping, correct? Right. I was going to get enough money. For my daughter to have an, a nice, a nice reception, because anybody who's uh, any father who's paid for their daughter's wedding knows that the reception is the big ticket item. So I was going to do that, and I wasn't sure I wanted to go any further than that because it was always my thought, bad or good, that I had no place in wrestling. In other words, I didn't have. There weren't people out there who gave a, a darn about me, and. That was just, I just, I just walked away from it thinking, okay, Tony Schiavone, if you go back in the annals of wrestling, you go back and say, oh, there was a Tony Schiavone, good, keep on moving. I just never thought that uh, it would, it would actually end up being this big. But then we started going live. We did a, a, an event in, uh, I guess, let's see, well, this is 20, uh, 2017, I guess later that year, maybe we did an event live in, uh, in Dallas and, uh, and we started a Patreon page, and I just, uh, I just developed quite a fan base. Was that live event in Dallas? Was that the first time back interacting with actual fans? Yeah, like on a widespread, not just hey somebody spots you, but on a widespread base. That was one of your first big events. Well, yeah, I also did a, uh, I did the NWA Fan Fest uh, in uh, in Charlotte, and I don't know where that's where where Conrad saw me on stage. And that's the first time I had done a meet and greet with fans, signing autographs. You know, they, they had asked me for like three or four years, um, would I come to the NWA Fan Fest? They would have them in Charlotte, and then they had one in Atlanta, and I would always say no. Uh, and uh, Greg Price was the guy who put them on. And I told Greg, Greg, I, I, I can't. I, I've got baseball games, and I just can't do it. Uh, and it just so happened that this one year – he did it in Charlotte while I was in town with the team. Oh wow! Uh, so I was in, I was in uh, in Charlotte, and I decided that during the day I would come sign autographs and meet people and do a stage show that they wanted me to do, and go back to the uh, stadium that night and do a game. And uh, so it all worked out. That's where Conrad Conrad went to the event and saw me, and saw how I guess he said how engaging I was on stage, and decided that you know I could probably do something with him. And then of course he started the Woo Nation podcast. And as we all know, Ric Flair's uh attention span lasts about two months of anything. 
and, and that finally went crashing. And I kind of, uh, after Bruce Pritchard started the podcast with Conrad. So the, the, the Charlotte, to answer your question, a long way to answer to the, your question, Charlotte was the first time I I did any interacting with the fans. Was that eye-opening? Was that a, hey, maybe I do have a place? Or, or then, specifically in Charlotte, was it still just I'm going to do a gig? Or, or, or were you even thinking that much about it? No, I wasn't thinking that much about it. It was cash money, which is always good. Right. And you can always use. But I didn't think that much about it afterwards. Because, again, I didn't think I'm not I, I didn't think, uh, boy, they're going to be uh, they're going to be knocking down my door to. To sign me up, and then I got a call from a guy in uh, New Jersey uh, during uh, doing the uh, uh, I think it's called Legends of Wrestling. I'm not sure they do it in New Jersey and uh, good guy. And he brought me up to New Jersey and I did it. And I, I really enjoyed that, and I enjoyed Charlotte, if nothing else, just to reconnect with some of the guys I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, that was good. And um, so I did those two, and then we started the podcast. I guess I did – I don't I don't know. The, the years are running together. But I, I guess I did that I, – I think I did – it was like 2015. I did – summer of 2015, I did the Charlotte. Uh, the summer of 2016, I did New Jersey. And then 2017 – is when Conrad and I started. So that's how it kind of all started snowballing for me to get back into the business. And now look at me now. I'm a, I'm a Starcast stooge. <laughs> Starcast yeah. stooge. Yeah. Hey, get get over here. Hey, get over here. Yes, yeah, Mr. Thompson. Yeah, sir, that's that's me. <laughs> so uh, let, let's ask this because uh, – Look, I think the first thing everybody thought when I, especially when I first heard uh, the pod with you, is uh, one, um, everybody is fascinated that you cuss, uh, and yeah. you have such a potty mouth. Um, I think that is because we watched you on television so much, right? That you were just that guy on television. Um, did you always have a foul mouth, or is this something that's come with, like when you've turned into an old codger? Yeah, I think it. I well, I I I didn't say I, I grew up. Listen, I grew up in the mountains of Virginia. Uh, I grew up in a very small town, so yeah, we all cussed. But I really didn't start cussing until I met Lois. Uh, and Your wife. Yes, she's she's an army brat. Her dad was a major in the army, retired. Uh, she had three brothers. She cusses more than anybody I've ever met in my life. I've and it's and so I mean, you know, she taught the kids how to cuss. Uh, she did. You've heard my you've heard my kielbasa story, right? Which kielbasa story? <laughs> no, the lowest kielbasa story. Now, before you laugh hard about the lowest kielbasa story, she, uh, we, Lois, because she had five kids, she never prepared big, elaborate meals, right? I mean, you just right. so we just got to get them fed and move on. Exactly. So she used to. We used to have uh, what the kids called crunchy hot dogs. We'd have hot dogs, but we have crunchy hot dogs, which was Lois would cook kielbasa. But Lois started calling him donkey dicks. Donkey dicks to the Don kids. To the kids. So, Mom, what we have for dinner? Donkey dicks. I go, oh my. <laughs> so that just passed on from generation to generation. So that's just a, a snip <laughs> of of how much a toilet tongue that Lois is. But yeah, I I uh, I always uh, always did cuss and. Uh, did you but, ever, Did you ever cuss on air accidentally? Uh. No, no. I uh, anytime I cuss on the air, it's on purpose. Okay, because well, you, you you can get away with some stuff now. I mean, yeah, especially you know, now. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I say hell and ass now, you know. I don't say fuck shit or goddamn on the air. It's going to be a lot of bleeping right there. Yeah. You got to bleep these? No, I'm just kidding. Bleep, bleep. So uh, I don't say that on the air, but no, I, I've never I've never done that. I've never accidentally uh, cussed on the air. I think uh, that's one of the – people ask me that all the time when I talk about radio is, hey, do you ever have a slip-up? I, I, that fascinates people that – and I don't know what it is. It's just once you – once you're used to being in the announce, you know, some radio announcing, whatever, it's just your brain literally switch as far as lack of a better word, but it just flips the switch when the mic goes on. It just, it goes out of that mode. Right. Right. And, and you're right. It fl flips the switch and, uh, it goes out of that mode. Now, uh, I, uh, I, I did realize that you know, I, I did realize that the more uh, profanity that I used uh, on my podcast, the more reaction I got and the more people kind of liked it uh, because I didn't just use, you know, I, I, I don't just use cuss words to use cuss words. Sometimes I do, but mostly I just use it to get an emo, you know, get a response and try to get somebody to laugh. Or, and or it something. works. Yeah, it, it does. And uh, so I, I use it. And, and, yeah, it surprised everybody I was like that. But uh, – but yeah, I mean, and and here's the and the guys who are are you know are are with us on Patreon and friends like you and and people who really know me know that you know I still go to still go to church and I still read in church and uh, and and I believe that you can use words to be entertaining and that not really be a part of who you are uh, and so uh, you can separate the two. Yes, and I, and I do, and I do. So, uh, and uh, so, anyway. what about the? You briefly addressed it, I think, last time I was actually on the pod with you uh, on WHW, but uh, you briefly addressed it about one of my new all-time favorite tweets, and that is from Mister Brandon Stroud uh, about you possibly shitting on the crowd at a right. Nitro pre-show. Yeah. Do you still, do you still attain to this point that uh, that was not you? I uh, no, I attained that it might not be me. I here's why. It sounds exactly like you. Of, well, yeah, it does. But you know, uh, but then again, it's one of those things that's you know you hear all the time out of context. Right. And you know, uh, because I'm a producer of the Georgia Bulldog Network, and because I am so sensitive about what we say on our alt channel. Okay. Right that it's off the air that should stay off the air because I'm so sensitive about that. When this Brandon prick put this on, <laughs> on Twitter. Okay. I, I was really pissed off and I still am to the day. Really? Oh my God. Absolutely. Like uh, legit straight up, straight up as a shoot. Wow. Because that stuff should never get on the air. That's, that's privileged stuff. Right. Okay. You're uh, doing that. You're doing that because you know, it's not getting on air. And then I'm all of a sudden it comes to air. I'm doing that to, to be funny. Right. With everybody to, that just can hear you right then. Right. To Heenan and Tanae or whomever or Lee Marshall or Craig Leathers in the truck or whatever. You know, we're just trying to be funny. And that should never get out. And I know it does. And I know there have been announcers that as early as last year, there have been announcers that have been fired because some jack-off producer was rolling on the stuff that they said during the commercial breaks. Right. And that got out on... That got out on the internet and that got out on social media. So I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that stuff. I really am. What I say on the podcast or what I say to you 
or what I say off uh, off mic in uh, uh, at with the Gwinnett Braves or with my the radio station 92.9 The Game or what I say with the Georgia Bulldogs stays off the air. And who's this Brandon Prick again? What's his name? Brandon Stroud. Brandon Stroud. I thought you know it was what? hilarious. Okay, he he thinks it's funny. Ha ha ha. You know, fuck him. And uh, I I will I will never. The, the girl they interviewed me with Uproxx was a nice girl. She did a great interview. I saw the uh, I saw the interview with her uh, that she did with me, and it was very well done. And I appreciate that. She was a very nice girl. But I will never do anything with them again because of him. Have you spoken with him at all? Has he reached out? No, I don't want to, I don't want to speak to him. I don't want to, I, I don't I don't want to have anything to do with him because he is of that ilk, and I don't want to have anything to do with those people. Because there's some. Um, it's it's interesting because just recently in the past couple of weeks. Uh, there's been some uh, Mean Gene clips that came out uh, that were people were having a ball about. Do you do you think he had the same stance, or you don't? Do you think he cared? That was his personality. I don't know. I I I, I wish I knew. I, I I think Gene. I think all of us are very uh, very sensitive to stuff say, said off camera that should stay off camera. That's an interesting angle because I think as fans we just see it and laugh and and move on and say, hey, that's funny behind the scenes stuff. But yeah. I can see where. Uh, you feeling almost personally attacked as in, like you yeah. said, I, this was never made to get out. I was having fun with my friends, basically their coworkers. Right. Uh, it should have never seen the light of day. Yeah. And, and, and there's another reason I'm sensitive to that too. And that was, there was this misnomer about me through many years that I hated wrestling fans and hated the wrestling business, which was a lie. And it was That's also a I lie. I asked you that right at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. I thought that. Right. Yeah, and it was a lie that was uh, that was put out there by a bunch of jackoffs. One of them being Bobby the Brain Heenan, who said that I hated wrestling fans, which I didn't. I knew I didn't, and he and because he was pissed off at me, he he perpetrated that lie, and so I was very sensitive to that. And now that comes out, and they say, "Oh, ho, ho, Shivani really does hate wrestling fans." Bullshit. Anybody that knows me knows that's a lie. So here, Brandon Prick is perpetrating a lie, and. Uh, I, I don't have any time for him at all. And Conrad said, oh, he he loves us. He follows us. He follows our podcast. I, said, I don't give a shit. I don't care if he loves us or not. So I won't that, retweet it when this podcast comes out. I'll do that. I'll do a favor for you. Thank you. I'll, I won't retweet it. Thank you very much. I think because I already did retweet it, so I'm going to have to undo that. I apologize. Yeah, yeah I'll block your ass, too, is what I'll do. You really have taken to, uh, and it surprised me, you, you really have taken to Twitter. Yeah, for well, an old, I, for an old man, uh, that's yeah. pretty strong. Well, that was a, that was a uh, that was a forced job. Yeah, but you like, but you embrace it though. No, I don't like it at all, uh, because I think there are more idiots on Twitter than there are good people. <laughs> and, uh, I I think that uh, somebody asked me one time. I think uh, I think they asked me on Twitter, "What is the worst invention ever in mankind?" And I said, it's "Twitter," because it's giving idiots a voice. Uh, the trolls. Yeah, I so but I don't like Twitter, but it's a forced job because Conrad says you need it to promote your stuff. Uh, and if, if anybody has known how to use social media to promote their stuff, it's Conrad Thompson. So it, it's a part of what we do. And so I do get on there. And sometimes I get, you know, I'll just I'll start going back and forth with people. And most people I like to engage with are the people who are, you know, nice and funny. And uh, there, there are some trolls on there that I'll go back and forth with for back and forth just a couple of times. Then I'll block their ass <laughs> because, you know, you know, I don't need them in my life. You know, I, I, I've said this before. I said, as much as I really don't like Twitter, uh, I do realize that Twitter 
has done something great in the world, and that is identify jackoffs. <laughs> Hasn't it? You can walk. You can. I can. I can. I'm here in Indianapolis. I can walk down the street in Indianapolis. There'll be a crowd of people coming my way, and I don't know who's a dipshit or not. I don't know who's a jackoff. <laughs> I don't know who's an asshole. But on Twitter, it's real simple to find out who they are, and you can block them and keep them out of your life. So you uh, are you are of the block it. You block them and move on. Yeah, I do. Well, I know some some people mute them, but I just block them because I don't want those people in my life. But you have embraced Twitter so much that. The bug is has his own Twitter account. Yes, your yes, dog. The bug, the bug has the own his own Twitter account. Uh, and uh, does he run that, or does he have people that run that for him? No, he has a he has a cocker spaniel that runs that for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, because you know the, the the people who are with us on Patreon, you know, uh, the bug is uh, is always with me when I do my live chats and uh, in the Bat Cave, and uh, he's become a part of me and. Uh, so I get uh, my son, Matt, they have a dog named Wally and they started giving him his own, I think uh, his own uh, uh, Instagram account. And I thought, well, shit, if Wally can have an Instagram account then the bug can have a Twitter account. So we just put some stuff on there. I don't think I've posted for the bug in quite a while. Uh, January 22nd. Okay. He was smelling butts. Uh, yes. He, he likes to, uh, he likes to get under the covers. I've noticed. Oh yeah, well he's a he's a Chihuahua, and they're cold nature. Is he yeah. is he dog friendly? Like if I brought my dog over, would would Bug hit it off with him? No, he's he's really not, but he's not dog aggressive. He In just other words, he acts like he's not a dog. Yeah, yeah, he he would if let's we just ignore him, each other. Well, first of all, you got a pit bull, right? Yeah. So he would look at my dog as if. Oh, a burrito. <laughs> no, okay. he's the nicest dog ever. <laughs> okay. Well, you have him wrapped up in a blanket. You're not helping. So, uh, like, uh, <laughs> my son Chris has a pit bull, right? His name is Sam, and Sam is a sweet, and as you know, pit bulls are sweet. You know, the best. They, they're the best. Yeah. Uh, I would, the next time around, we got four dogs. Uh, the next time around, I would get a pit bull for sure because they are the best dogs. And Sam is a sweet dog. And so I go over to Chris's house, and I'll put Bug on my lap, and Sam will come up and sniff him, and Bug will growl at him. like. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, Bug, he'll bite you in half, you dumbass. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but he won't attack a dog, but he'll ignore him, and he won't want to be fooled with. Four dogs, tons of dog hair. Uh, yeah. Ever a cat guy? Uh, we, had, uh, we had a cat. We had a couple of cats. Well, my, my daughter had a cat, uh, and it, it, it wasn't a nice cat. <laughs> So it, is there it kinda, any nice cats? I don't know. I, I've seen some. I've seen some nice cats. Uh, but I can tell you this: as a shoot, uh, yeah, uh, yes, Bug has Starcast. Bug has <laughs> Bug has has turned me around as far as animals are concerned. What do you mean? He's changed my life with animals. Uh, you didn't like I, him before. Well, uh, okay, they're just tolerated. I know I liked him, but I wasn't as into him as I, as I am now. I mean, now I donate money to shelters and the Humane Society and things like that. Uh, back when I grew up, and I told you I was in the mountains of Virginia, my dad was a was a bird hunter, a quail and a pheasant hunter, and we had a lot of dogs. We had like, I don't know, maybe uh, five or six dogs that he kept out in the pen. They were hunting dogs. Uh, and uh, I also had a dog, a uh I can't remember what time, what type of dog it was, but the all dogs always stayed outside. 
And if a dog died, you just put him on the scrap heap and get another one. And you never were emotionally oh, tied into dogs. The scrap really. heap. Yeah, you would. I mean, you just get another dog. Uh, and But that's how I grew up uh, with hunting dogs, that they weren't your pets. You you played with them and everything, and you enjoyed them, but they weren't your pets, and they weren't part of your family. And now I'm emotionally tied to Bug. more. Th- and we have a, we had a dog named Shorty, too, a, uh, and I just posted something about him on Patreon, uh, who lived with us for 16 years. So by living with Shorty in the house for 16 years and now Bug, I just uh, – I, I hate to see deers. I, I hate when I, I watched something last night. What did I watch last night? Oh, I watched the, uh, the first uh, episode of swamp thing on DC universe. Was it good? And they, they walked into this cabin and there was a deer head, you know, on the, on the wall. Yeah. And I saw, it and I went, damn. And it affected me and it used to not affect me. I used to go to hunting camps all the time. So my, my feeling about, it's just brought out my feeling about humane and animals and, it's uh, shorty and bug completely changed my life, and and I, I'm not I'm not I'm not ribbing you. They well, really have. We have uh, we have Hank the pit bull. We have Lulu the husky, which is right. Tallulah Bankhead. Um, right. Uh, I call her Tallulah Barkhead. She came with Big Booty Judy. Um, Big Booty Judy has I don't have, but somehow they're in our house. A tarantula, a snake, and a bearded dragon lizard. What do you think about that? Lois would go nowhere near that house. <laughs> but nowhere. I, I, well, I don't even, they're in one room and I, I literally, I'm like, I should be able to go in every room in my own house and I can't. Right. right. I can't. And people find out they're in there and they go, yep. well, I, I don't want to get to that, even that end of the hall. Yeah. You'll never have Lois Shivani at your house ever. Are you, uh, what's worse to you? Spider, snake, what? No, fuck a fucking snake. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, one time. <laughs> hey, she had it on. She had it on a leash one time and took it in the yeah, yard. I'm sure, I'm sure she did. Anybody that's crazy enough to have a snake is crazy enough to put it on a leash. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, give you this story too. I was I was working for a radio station. I was doing their I was doing their uh, internet work, and I, I did it for a number of years. And I I did a lot of jobs at the radio station. My last job with them was uh, internet. So we had to post stories on news stories. And we had to also post on Facebook and Twitter. And somebody posted about a snake. And I said, well, when I grew up, the only good snake was a dead snake. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this guy on Facebook went crazy. He said, you know what? You are crazy. I have a snake, and they are the greatest pets in the world. I hope the hell that PETA comes pounding at the door of the radio station for what you just posted. Oh, gosh. And I almost posted, but I didn't. Had it been me, <laughs> just Tony Schiavone's post, but it was a radio station post, I almost said, uh, you are, you're mistaken, sir. PETA is people for the ethical treatment of animals. Uh, the people who uh, protect reptiles are Peter, P-E-T-R, people for the ethical treatment of reptiles, Peter, and that's another word for dick, which is obviously what you are. But I, I didn't do that. You're such uh, a wordsmith. <laughs> Thanks. Peter. So, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to call my wife a Peter when I get home. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. telling you, I love my wife, Big Booty Judy, to death. Yeah. But yeah. I saw her. She talks about how she loves animals all the time. Yeah. Now, now the spider, I hate the spider. 
Yeah. Uh, but she's went out of town, and I literally have to lift the lid up and flick a cricket in there. I mean, that's all I have to do. So, and from outside the glass, it's kind of cool to see a spider eat a cricket. I mean, that, I don't know why, but, you know, that's just a guy thing, I guess. Yeah. The snake, I don't want any part of. Right. I, I Until I got involved with her, I didn't know that snakes shit like a human. I was not ready for that. Yeah. They waller in their own piss. I mean, it's just a deal. But I looked at her different when I saw her have to beat a mouse on the side of the house uh-huh. to feed to her snake. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you, I, I look at you different now. Why? why? Yeah. She goes, I got to stun it before I feed it to the, the snake. Yeah, right. And I said, no, no, th- this is called life and death. If you can't beat a sna- a, a rat... You deserve to die, Snake. Right, exactly. But she had little old tongs and just beep, 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 beep. And I thought, well, you are low down and dirty somewhere in there. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Yay. Now you're going to view her different. Yeah, I am. I really am. <laughs> she, view her different. She beats up mice. Beats up mice. And so I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to all of that now. I really am. I, I just, uh, I'm very sensitive <laughs> to any animal. I'm since, I mean, I saw. I heard some birds the other day, and I went, hello, little birdie. And they were just hopping around. I'm thinking, what the fuck have I become? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, little birdie. Okay. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. You mentioned the bat cave. Uh, If if nobody, for the people out there that have not seen your uh, live videos uh, that you do on Patreon, um, you broadcast mostly from the bat cave when you're at home, and it is a literal... Batman room, basically. Right, right. Batman's the, uh, your jam. Yeah, it was a, a room above the garage that the twins used to sleep in. Of course, they're gone. Thank God <laughs> they moved out of the house. Uh, so, and it, the the room kind of went to shit. And so, you know, we started making a little bit of extra money by doing the podcast. And we had somebody paint it. We put new carpet in it. Uh, I put a, uh, a large screen TV. And everything is Batman motif. Not not everything is Batman motif. I got some of my uh, you know pictures from my podcast, some of the posters uh, that have been done on the podcast, and I've got some Star Trek stuff and Star Wars stuff. But mostly, it we got Batman figures, and if you walk up the the stairs to the Batcave, it's all Batman photographs and everything. And uh, Chris, my son, built a coffee table, a Batman coffee table for me. Whoa! Uh, and uh, I've got a, a nice uh, chair up there. I've got a, a little. A uh, place where the bug lays beside me in my chair. I've got a love seat up there, and you can just come up there. And I told Lois, I said it's a place that when we have the everybody over for Christmas, you know, if people want to watch a show down in the family room, the the kids can go up to our room or to the Batcave and watch, you know, watch Disney or whatever up there. So uh, it's kind of it's almost kind of become like a, a second setting room. But I also have my I also have my iMac and my desk in the corner there, and. Uh, and so, that's where I broadcast from. So let's discuss nerdum stuff. Uh, Batman is the best superhero, correct? Yes, he is, by far, because he's human. There we go, because he's a real person. That's right. I, I have this argument all the time, especially with my co-host Jimbo, who's a Spider-Man guy. Um, yeah. But to me, that growing up, that was the cool thing about Batman was technically that was attainable for somebody. Right. We could right. get to Batman level if... We, you know, could get the resources and train and all that, but still, that was attainable. I'm not getting bit by a radioactive fucking spider, so I'm not going to turn into Spider-Man. Batman was attainable. In your house, you might be bit by a spider. <laughs> That's a true statement. Uh, 
but no, you're right. I, I, I agree the same thing. And to me, of course, you know, I grew up uh, way before you did. And I grew up uh, in the uh, my my years were early 70s uh, and uh, probably late 60s. But when I was in elementary school and younger, it was in the 60s. And that was Batman on TV era, the monkeys on TV, the Partridge family on TV, that era. Uh, and so I grew up. Batman was the first television show, superhero television show that I remember. So uh, that's how I uh, started loving Batman. So is, is Adam West the best Batman? Uh, no, well, in, in many ways he is because he's the silliest, right? right. But it, it, but you know, I, I own, I, I bought on, uh, on, on Apple TV, I bought all 120 episodes of the Batman, uh, show that they had back in the sixties. And it just doesn't play as well as it used to when I was a kid. <laughs> so go to the movies. Who's the best Batman we've had? <sighs> wow. Uh, I, I really liked Michael Keaton. Okay, I, I really did, uh, and I, I thought that I thought that he did uh, he did a great job. And of course, you know that was the that was the, the the change that was the change from the silly Batman that I knew, right? Right. Uh, uh, into uh, into the the more serious Batman, but then it got kind of silly, and and uh, and I don't know. Do you, uh, do you like the last ones? Do you like Affleck? Yeah. No, no, not at all. Listen, <laughs> the, the the best the best Batman movies were the uh, were were the Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, they were the best Batman movies, and uh, Christian Bale was great. Loved and, Christian Bale. I thought he was uh, great. Yeah, I thought the last Batman one, uh, the the Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Uh, I thought that was the best one. That, that I thought that was when I walked out of the movie theater that day. I thought that was the best superhero movie I'd ever seen. So you weren't you weren't digging Batman fighting Superman recently? No, no, not at all. And no. your thoughts I, on Robert Pattinson becoming the new Batman? Give it a shot. People, you know, people people have a tendency with the social media to shit on things immediately. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not going to shit on it. He may be really good. We won't uh, know till we see it. Yeah, I know exactly. We won't. And but I I just I didn't like Ben Affleck as as Batman. Uh, I, uh, I didn't necessarily, uh, I, do you watch, if you watch any of Gotham? Uh, I started, I watched the first couple of seasons and I, I just faded for some reason. Nothing yeah, in particular. I, I just faded. Well, you know why you faded? Why? You're waiting to see Batman. You weren't going to see him. <laughs> yeah, was... That's why you faded. Tell you. It was a Batman show with no Batman yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, uh, my son Matt and I have talked about that a lot. It was, uh, you know, and the guy that played uh, uh, the guy that played Penguin. Yes, uh, he was really good, man. Good, really a good character. But no Batman. Give me fucking Batman. If what? you're gonna say Gotham, where is he? Oh, he ain't here. You know. But I tell you, the guy that played Alfred, I, guess, I think his name is Sean Pertwee or something like that. Yes. Who played Alfred? He's a good Alfred. He was an ass kicking Alfred. I like that. I thought so, they had but, I thought they had good actors in there. The penguin guy was good and then the yeah. um the kid from Shameless, didn't he play the Joker? Yeah, right. And yeah, I, that, I thought I thought he did good with that. Right. Yeah, but where's Batman? Oh, he doesn't come to the end. <laughs> well fuck that. I'm, I'm waiting for Batman. <laughs> no, we need him out of the gate. Right, so right. uh you're you you're watching Swamp Thing. How was yes. that, by the way? Should I start that? Yeah, start that. Well, look. Uh I liked it. I, it wasn't, 
boy, I hate to be, I sound like a guy on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I always loved Swamp Thing. He was one of my favorite cartoon characters because, or favorite comic book characters, because he was the anti-superhero. He, uh, he was smart. He was sharp. He, he won by outthinking the other guys, kind of. Uh, and, of course, you know, he was a monster, too. That all kind of fits in, but <laughs> being smart. Smart, <laughs> sharp, outthinks the other guys, but he's a monster. Uh, but I didn't like the first one. I didn't like the writing of the first one because they, they kept it at a at, – they, they, they had too many things going on, and you had to stop and think, now, what the fuck are they talking about? So, uh, and, uh, Do you think so, it was just the first episode? Maybe they're setting stuff up. Yeah, they are setting stuff up, you know, and maybe I'm, I'm maybe so I'm worth wanting, a try though. Yeah, it's worth a try. If you, uh, I think DC universe costs like nine bucks a month. Uh, and they have had, uh, Titans, you know, teen Titans. Uh, they've had that live. They've had the doom patrol, uh, which I, man, you got to smoke a joint to watch Doom patrol. Man. <laughs> it's criminal. That's crazy shit. Here, uh, here's the passion I really want to hear. I okay. volleyed this Batman up. I wanted to get you into this, this nerd uh, superhero mode with me, mm-hmm. because, and hashtag spoiler alert. Turn away if you haven't seen it. But we're gonna get Tony Schiavone's Marvel Endgame here. We're gonna get mm-hmm. the Endgame thoughts. Yeah. Because uh, I've heard part of your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. You get very fired up. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay. Now I, I I've just said right. <laughs> I've just said that. Uh, I can that hear is, it already. You're getting tense already. <laughs> I get tense. I I've just said that a superhero. Yeah. I, my favorite superhero is one that's human. Okay. That being said, Thor should never become a fat drunk. <laughs> All right. It was a good comedic relief, right? Yeah, uh, Thor should never become a fat drunk. Uh, Captain America should never age. And motherfucking Hulk should never have a sling on his arm. (laughs) Okay? They are superheroes. They are above, okay? Try not to make these people human, because they're not. (laughs) He's a Norse fucking god. And he's a drunk? Bullshit. He wields a hammer. He flies through the air, and he's a drunk. No, he's a superhero. I, I you know, and, and, I feel like he should drink all the beer he wants without getting a gut. It's not like he was doing sit-ups beforehand, right? Exactly. He, he was just born chiseled. So all of a sudden, does beer get him a gut? Right. He, right. Like you said, they're making him human. These were superheroes. Yeah, I know, and uh, it just absolutely pisses me off. <laughs> So you didn't like the movie besides that? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> nope. No, didn't like it at all. Sorry. That's just my opinion. It doesn't mean it was a bad movie. It just means it was my opinion. You, so, I mean, did you just, were you loud in the theater? Were you going, he's got a fucking sling on? I mean, were you that mad? No, no, that wasn't that. I'm not like that. Are you a, are you a, are you a movie clapper? Do you clap at the end of good movies? Uh, Yeah, I do. Oh, I'm all, shit. I'm all. I'm also a, I've asked any of my kids, I'm also a movie trailer critic. Oh, big time. I get, I immediately give a thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, you know what I say? Loud. What? Nothing. <laughs> and my kids have started doing it now. 
when they know it's a bad trailer, they'll look at me and I'll go, nothing. Okay. Just as loud as you can in the theater. Loud as I can in the theater. Right. See, I go thumbs up or thumbs down and I hold it up for everybody to see. I want them. I'm like you. I want them to know my opinion, but it's just the people close to me. You're, you're yelling. Okay. So at the end you're clapping. I didn't see you as a movie clapper because these people irk me. Yeah, I don't stand up in a cloud, but I'll, I'll clap, you know, no. quietly. I won't stand up. But people who stand up and, and applaud loud. Who are we clapping are, to? Well, they, they want to be seen. It, it, they're, like the, they're like the people at a baseball game who, uh, people at a baseball game who are hecklers. Yeah, yeah. They just want to be seen. They want, they want the attention. That's all it is. So, um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big clapper, but I will clap sometimes uh, if it's a good movie. At uh, the end and, on the credits? That kills me. Like, it's a great movie, guys. <laughs> it eats me alive. Yeah. I'm like, nobody can hear you. The the actors can't hear you. If it's theater, right. you stand up and clap. That's why we're yeah. clapping. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, that, I get my you know, Yeah. You uh, do me a favor. The next time a person stands up and claps in the theater, <laughs> ask them their Twitter handle. Okay. <laughs> so and, and no, then do a search, and I'll bet you they're a jerk troll. <laughs> I bet you they are. Do you, do you hush people at the theater? Are you a talker? Yeah. Uh, See, I need uh, silence now. Don't be don't be messing around at all. I won't. I, I I tell you what I've done before. There's this one theater near our house that we don't go to anymore because it's close to a high school, right? Yeah. And so that means that there are a lot of kids there, uh. and kids kids won't shut up, right? So I have thrown popcorn at kids in the theater. Excuse me. Yeah, I've thrown popcorn at kids in the theater. Do you? Is it inconspicuous I, throw or yeah, it, it, no? It's inconspicuous. Okay. Like there'll be there'll be like a, maybe like five or six teenagers down to my <laughs> right, and I'll just throw some popcorn up in the air. It lands on them, and they'll turn around and look, and I'll go, "Please be quiet." Oh, so you do address it when they turn around? Yeah. I thought you were just like flicking it and then not looking, like no selling no. it. No. See, you I know had. What Bobby, you I, know what Bobby Heenan used to do? What? You ready for this story? I, I want all Bobby Heenan stories. All right, Bobby Heenan. He told me this, and, and knowing how Bobby was, I believe him. Bobby Heenan used to go to, uh, you know, X-rated movies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Back when they were in theaters a lot. Back when they were in the theaters. All right. over the place. Right. He used to go to X-rated movies in theaters, and he used to get a water gun. Oh, God. And fill it up with ivory liquid. Oh, no. And squirt it on people. Oh, How do you know he did this? He told you or you saw it? He told me, yeah. He said, I, I used to be the greatest thing in the world. He said, old guy be sitting up for <laughs> watching and staring at the inside. He just goes, she just squirted right up in the air and land on his lap. <laughs> I want to tell you, <laughs> it, it takes it takes a fucking genius <laughs> to do something like that, doesn't it? Gotta... Even think of that stuff. It takes a genius. You have stones, too, man. You got to be ready. Ivory liquid. Because you're not going to you're look at it and you're going to feel it. But you ain't going to smell it. You're not going to put it up your nose. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there, yeah, there's no. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> that to me but, is classic. But it's, but it's a prank. Yeah. That prank. You, have to, you have to tell later, though. I mean, your boys aren't with you. Yeah. I know. Like now, it, I mean, right now, if I was like, hey, y'all want me to tell you the the prank couple at the adult theater, you'd be like, what, what are you doing? Well, first of all, what are you doing in the adult theater? 
Well, this was when he was a, this he said right. it's when he was a teenager, you know, back back then he used to do it just fuck with people. <laughs> God, that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. What's the uh speaking of, what's the grossest rib you ever you saw in person? I'm sure you've heard of Oh, no, uh, I, a I thousand of them, but I I can't think of a gross rib that I've seen in purpose in person. I Did mean, they rib I, you much? No, not really. Uh-uh. Is that uh, they just didn't want blowback from you, or they they just didn't oh, do I, the announcers that much? No, they the, the announcers were only there for TV. You know, the, right. the, I think probably the greatest ribs were played. You know, during house shows, the regular. You know, when they would have to go from one town to the other and one town right. to the other. Uh, you know, we just showed up for TV, so I don't think. And we didn't try. I mean, I traveled with the horsemen a little bit at the beginning. Uh, they left me one time, which uh, may have been a rib. Uh, I think uh, I think I thought it was a rib, but then again, if, if I know Ric Flair, he just fucking forgot me. Uh, <laughs> but I was, uh, and uh, you'll uh, you'll be interested to know this. I was uh, I was doing a, I was doing radio in Charlotte. I was doing morning sports at a radio station. And when I had to go out of town with Crockett Promotions, we're talking uh, probably 80, 85, 86, uh, I used to call in the sports report. I used to call, talk to the news guy. He would tell me the headlines. I'd write things down. I, You know, it was before the Internet, right? And I would call in on the telephone, and they would tape me. So we had been out drinking in Chicago, and we ended up in Cicero. And it was me and Arn Tully, Flair, JJ, uh, one of uh, Flair's buddies that still talks about it, Bruce MacArthur, who's one of the uh, – one of the uh, big wigs of the Words Corporation that owns the Chicago Blackhawks. And we were all, we ended up at this dive bar in Cicero. We're talking to like three o'clock in the morning. And I told the guys, I said, listen, I, I've got to get this sports and we're full of alcohol. I got to get the sports report done before, uh, before we go back to Chicago. They said, okay, go do it. So I go to a payphone in a dive bar. And I'm on the payphone, and I'm writing down all this stuff, and I don't—I may have written it down on a napkin, I don't know. And I do my sports report, and I hang up the phone, and everybody's fucking gone. <laughs> there's not a person there. Okay? okay. So what do you do? I mean, we don't. There's no cell phones in '85 like right. there are today, right? Yeah, I just, I just, I stand in the bar like a jack off, look around, walk outside, and about 30 minutes later. Here come the limo back. Pick me up. Were they howling? Yeah. Uh, Bruce, Bruce MacArthur said that uh, they didn't. He said they didn't know. He said, I'm the one that said, hey, where's Shivani? He ain't here. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and so 30 minutes, I'm standing out. And I'm telling you, it's, you know, Cicero is not like downtown Chicago. And uh, it's, it was kind of a rough area. And so I was hanging out there for 30 minutes. They came back and got me. And uh, even today, I, when I was at Ric Flair's birthday party, and I saw Bruce MacArthur. I said, Bruce, Tony Schiavone. He went, oh, Cicero. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, so that was the, that was the prank that was played on me. And, uh, that's pretty good. You didn't, you, you didn't get any, uh, any ribs towards you though. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's not like, you know, not like, you know, they say Johnny Valentine was the, was, was the greatest ribber of all time. And, you know, Owen Hart, there were some great stories about Owen Hart and the ribs that he played. We had it on a stage show at Starcast. So it was, uh, some some really good things that went on. And, when did, uh, who's the first person you heard of freezing poop? Freezing poop? Yeah. I heard those. <laughs> I heard those ribs where they would freeze it and then drop it in the back of your car, so it, oh. it would melt while you drove down the street later. Oh, okay. No, I never heard of that. 
Heenan played a rib on me one time. I, I can tell you that. Uh, I just remembered it. And it, it wasn't too gross. Uh, we went to uh, we went to get some hamburgers one time. And they had these onions. Those hamburgers stunk, man. I mean, the onions were like, you know, just really an onion smell. Armpit. Right. So uh, I let Heenan, uh, the very next day I dropped Heenan off and I'm driving. I'm bringing the car back and fuck. That onion smell was in there, man. It was just terrible. And so I, I dropped the car off, went back to the airport, and I told Heenan, I said, you can't get that onion smell out of that car. Heenan said, there's a reason for that, because I took two of them, I balled them up and stuck them under your seat. Okay. And then there was a time Barry Wyndham threw a, uh, threw a Whataburger and stuck on the back of my head as I was going in the hotel room. And I fell asleep with the Whataburger on the back of my head. Wait, you uh, that, didn't know it was there? Nope. Didn't know it was there until I woke up. I was drunk. I mean, I was really drunk. <laughs> And and I opened the doors, one of those hotel rooms where, you know, the door's on the outside, and he pulled right up to the door. And I said, I'll see you. He said, I'll pick you up in the morning in the airport. I said, okay. So I opened the door, and I heard something go, thunk, and I didn't think anything of it. And I closed the door, and I fell flat face first into the bed, right? Clothes on and everything. And I wake up in the morning, and there the Whataburger had stuck to the back of my head. The, he had opened it up, thunk, and I slept all night with a Whataburger in the back of my head. Did you eat it? No. <laughs> Did you eat it? Today, that would have been a good hangover snack. Just, eat it. just a half a burger. It was your head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Only you would ask that question. Well, I was thinking, I thought, well, that's going to be a good, that's going to be a good, solid hangover meal the next yeah. day. Yeah, head, head hamburger. <laughs> head hamburger. Well, uh, we're... We've went way longer probably than you uh, have time, but uh, so you you rejuvenated. You're back. The podcast is rocking. Uh, yeah. What, what do you, you transformed yourself? Even since the the time that I've met you in the couple of years, you've you gotten gotten better shape. Now you got your earrings back in. Yeah. How about that? Still uh, don't get still don't get laid, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, Lois is old, and I don't want to have anything to do with that. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Don't laugh. You're going to be the, you're going to be there one day where you have a decision that you have to make in your life. Am I going to have a sex with a senior citizen? And when I was 20, I would always say no. And now that I'm older, I still say no. I'm not going to have sex with a senior <laughs> citizen. So you'll you'll get to, you laugh ha 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 right now, but you wait. What happened to you? Was there a day you woke up and saw her as a senior citizen? I mean, was it saw her as a senior citizen? Yeah. Was it overnight or was it like damn? Wait, it, it it feels like it happened overnight that she got old overnight. She's she's older than me. She's six years older than I am. Uh, so I cut six years off of my life by marrying her. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I have changed. Back to your original question, I you have got two kinda, chains now. I've got four chains now. Four. What do you yeah. got? You got a regular gold. I got a re I got I got two uh, choker chains, gold choker chains. I've got a mizpah, which is you know half of a of a thing where Lois has the other half. And uh, I don't think Lois still wears your other half. Sure. And then I've got, and I've got my Jesus piece, right? I've got my cross. <laughs> so I got, I got four chains that I wear. Were, uh, you, were you always a necklace guy or is this new that you, you wanted no, to I'm, go with? No, I've always been a necklace guy. I really have. And you just, and I, you just hit them all the time or do you just went away from it for a while? Well, <clears throat> um, I got kind of fat. <laughs> Uh, and so all necklaces turned into a choker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. So now that I've lost all this weight, I've, uh, I've, I'm able to put them on again. What's and the, of course, you know, and I, I do listen, I do this and I put the earrings back into, I do this just to get a rise from Conrad and you guys. I do, I do, I do it for the effect and I, I do it for, you know, Conrad to say something about me and it's all fun. I mean, I, I love, I love a joke. I do. I, I just love, I, I, I love to make people laugh and I love to see people laugh and I love people to make me laugh. And Repiercing your ears though is very, is that's commitment. Yeah, that is. Uh, and you know, I, uh, I, and I say that because I love comedy and I know you're in comedy and, and I love comedy even more now because I know that I think comedy is under attack. Oh this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I think we ought to, we ought to freaking lighten up, uh, because I try to find humor in the, in the most unorthodox things in the world. Right. I mean, I, as you know, we've, we've talked about this before. I will, some things will go through my brain that to me are funny that I know that I can't say. All right. Right. I know that I can't say because it's just inappropriate to say. And I know I can't say because of the shock value, for instance, I don't even know if I should say this, but you should. okay. I'm a reader at mass. All right. I, I read at church Okay. and I do it once a month and they love me and I love my church. And I'm, I'm how many I'm people's in the, in the service, in the, in the service. Oh, we have maybe, Hundreds? no, we have probably maybe 500 people, 500. Okay. Oh yeah. It's a big, it's a big okay. church. All right. Okay. So you have three readers. You have the first scripture reader, you have the second scripture reader, and you have the third reader who does the prayer of the faithful but that person also welcomes everybody to mass. So a lot of times they'll have me do the third reading. So, so the lights will dim and I'll stand up and you got this thing you go over and you say, welcome to our mass. And you mention who the priest is and everything. And you'll say, turn off your cell phones. And I always say something to reverend. I'll say, like last time I said, they have the script you go by, like, you know, uh, please turn off your cell phones and get ready for mass and, you know, say hello to people around you. And a lot of times I'll say, Hey, I got a new cell phone. But I've got to turn it off. And they like that. They laugh. The last time I got up there, I would have never done this. But it went through my mind to do it. Okay? It would have ended my reading at, at, at my church. Okay. But I got up there. The lights dipped down. And here I am standing there. They all, I mean, they, I read the same mass, the 830 mass. They all know me, especially the, the people who work there. Okay? I stood up there and I looked. I took a breath. And it went through my brain. For me to say, hey, what the fuck you guys doing? <laughs> I don't know why that I don't know why that went in my brain like that. And it made yourself chuckle on stage. Yeah, it made me <laughs> chuckle on stage. And of course, I didn't even. I, I, I obviously wouldn't have said it. I mean, uh, Brandon Stroud would have probably wanted me to say it so he could tape it and put it on Twitter. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was uh, well, it was easy. I, I did not think you were going there. I thought you were going to make a joke. Uh, yeah. Go back no, I, to wrestling, like as in. It's the no. gr it's the greatest mass in the history of our religion. Yeah, uh, thank you for putting your butt in the pew. Right, <laughs> yeah. something like that. You went how the fuck are you doing? I went off the. I mean, it just it went through my mind, and, and I look at the the most the, sh the most shocking uh, things, you know, the most shocking things, and I'll see humor in it. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I I think the world is turning away from that, and I wish it wouldn't because it's a joke. It's funny. It's to make you laugh, and you need to laugh. And uh, I just think comedy is uh, 
comedy is under attack, and, and I appreciate you and all the other comedians out there who go out and try to make people laugh. I just did, uh, a few weeks ago, just did uh, a comedy show with Jamie Kennedy. I don't know if you remember him from the from the 90s movies. Do you remember him? Mm, he was I in probably... Scream. Uh, he was in Malibu's Most Wanted. Don't know if you ever saw that. No, I didn't see that. Uh, Wait, I know who he is. Yes, Red-haired guy. Yes, yes, yeah. okay. Uh, and uh, But he had, he had a great line, and I... He, one of his lines, he said he he did a joke that was, I guess, in 2019 standards would be considered edgy, which back in the day you wouldn't ever blink an eye at it. But he said, hey, and by the way, if you're offended in that, just remember, you're at a comedy club. Mm-hmm. These are jokes. We're all telling jokes. Right. Things that happen in a comedy club, we're, we're all there to have fun. We're not going out spouting them down the street, uh, right. you know, and, and doing this stuff. It's it's a comedy club. And and." and and it has changed, and you, you have to think about that. Shouldn't be the case, but you have to think. And, and you know, there's comedians out there that that don't give a shit, frankly. But there's comedians now that have to go. Am I going to offend somebody with this? Is right. this oh, quote over the line? When used to be, it's a comedy club. You meant to go over the line. Right. I've heard that a lot of comedians won't go to college campuses anymore. Is that true? I mean that. Uh, some of them. I mean, you know, it's like doing a corporate gig. I do a lot of, uh, I have a bar quote slash club set that I do. Uh, and I, and I do a, I have a corporate clean set uh, mm-hmm. because the, the Bruce Ayers, the owner of the Stardome in Birmingham, uh, he told me when I first got into comedy, he said, do you want to be famous or do you want to make money? And I said, I don't, they, they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? And he said, you got to decide, do you want to be famous or do you want to make money doing comedy? And I said, what? Well, I mean, it all goes back. We all want to be famous, but it all goes back to making money. Right. And he said, well, then you need to learn to be clean. You can always be dirty. You could take the same joke and, and like you said, say shit, hell damn in the middle of it. And it's the same joke and you've dirtied it up for a club. He goes, right. but I, if I'm going to make you, I can pay you the same amount it takes for a weekend at a club. I can pay you that for one lunch gig at a nurse's association and the funny part about the corporate gigs is you have to keep it squeaky clean you're totally middle of the road and afterwards they're always like hey well, why'd you why'd you keep it clean you know we're cool but it's like you know the boss goes we can't even risk offending one person so that's why there's a different deal like the club you go you're probably going to get made fun of somebody if something's going to hit close to home at the comedy club, they're just—it's a separate place. It's a whole. That should be the safe place to me. Right, right, yeah, I get you. But that's where we are now. We're at—that's uh, where we are at comedy. But yeah, uh, I, I know, and that's it, why I, I admire you and, and Dan. And well, I don't admire Taylor, to be honest with you. Hell with him. Uh, is he a little? Put, does he come off as a little odd to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just tell you, he 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 left Starcast with a bunch of signed eight by tens that he didn't pay for. So I'm just going to put that out there. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was in the green room, and it was, you know, they were laying around, and he's odd, and and he's very unassuming. You know that. Yeah. So everybody just assumed that he, you know, acquired those the normal way, right? Through Don West. Hmm. Uh, but no, he didn't. So. Thanks, Taylor. I tweeted him. I told him I, I've got a report to Conrad over that missing inventory. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, speaking of, before we get out of here, so everybody wants to know, um, do you have any good Conrad stories, as they say? Wow. 
any good Conrad stories. <laughs> I have so many. I don't know if, if any are good. I, I, I don't think know. all y'all stories happen on the podcast or in the live show. So yeah, yeah, everybody well, we, already knows your stories. That's right. We leave nothing. We leave nothing out to chance. I mean, you know, I, I went with him to the, uh, uh, went with him to the, uh, to his, uh, and you were there too. We were there for his bachelor party, uh, in Las Vegas and <laughs> it, nothing really much happened. Right. But, uh, and, uh, that was when we went to, we watched a lot of movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Marvel movies. Marvel movies, yeah. yeah. A few a few Disney movies. I did take you to your first dispensary ever while you were out there. Yes, you did. And I never that was like was like I have seen the end of the world. <laughs> and it is in this dispensary. They had everything. They literally have everything you can think of. And the guy was all dressed up and it was nice and it was like these wooden uh counters and it looked like uh looked like just uh well it was very, very nice, okay? But I just got to thinking that you know this is, this is dope. <laughs> you know this is. The you don't mean that is in the cool way. You mean it was dope as in marijuana, right? Exactly. But you said it is cool like this is dope. Oh no, yeah, this is marijuana. This these are drugs. This is illegal shit that, you know, that uh, people sitting in uh, you know argue about in uh, in chambers and you people get arrested for. And now I... we're saying, how would you like some on your rice krispies? Well, no. <laughs> how about some in your some dried fruit? Hey, look here. There's some hard candy here. I'm thinking, what the fuck? Do you know last time? Did you see they had them on? Uh, they have them on tampons now for menstrual cramps. <laughs> That's a legit thing. <laughs> Gets rid of cramps. <laughs> last time I was in Vegas, I tried it. I didn't cramp, but I walked weird. You saw me. Starcast, but I never caught a cramp going up the stairs. No, no, but you know what? You could probably stick one up your ass and get you high, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, really, you could. I never cramped. It was weird walking through the Starcast, but I never caught a cramp the whole time. It's just amazing. I mean, it's it's amazing how uh, how the world has come. And to be honest with you, there's a uh, there's an old school type uh, from the mountains of Virginia redneck part of me that thinks that <laughs> this is the beginning of the Roman Empire again. <laughs> is it Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah, it could be, but the good news is I'm I'm only gonna be alive for another ten years, so I don't give a fuck. You know. Lois said, "Don't you want a better world for your grandchildren?" And I go, "No." She said, "Why?" I said, "Cause I'll be dead, and I don't care." So, thanks for leaving the legacy for us, Tony. All right, no you're, problem. You're supposed to leave it a better place for the rest of us. Well, I think I've done okay. You know, shit, I paid for my my daughter's wedding. Okay, and Lois is. Our new grandson, Noah, who was just born uh, back on the 13th of May, uh, he's not wanting for anything. Lois buys him something new every day. So the Shivani legacy is intact. We spend money we don't have. Well, I know they're not going to come out of the house because you, you said she, Lois doesn't like spiders and snakes. Um, right, right. But uh, we, we need to get uh, Big Booty Judy and Lois together soon. They, they really hit it off when they met. They sure did. Yeah, and you know the story. Big Booty Judy uh, invited, uh, uh, showed Lois, exposed her to this moonshine in a mason jar. <laughs> right, right. That's correct. And, yes, and Lois said, "I got to have some of that." So she ordered it via, I guess, Amazon. I don't know where she ordered it. We got a case of it at the house, which she drank in like one week. <laughs> okay, and then this is a true story here. Then she said to me, "She said, I, I just had a doctor's appointment." 
my doctor's appointment, my doctor says my liver values were up. I said, well, do you think it's because you drank a case of moonshine in one week? <laughs> you think that was it? <laughs> so, she, my wife she, has put your wife on the moonshine train. <laughs> oh, no, she stopped after that. She, Did she? she? Realized, yeah, she stopped after that. That was she a realized. bad train to go down. That was a bad train. So she now she now drinks vodka and uh, tequila. Oh, you know, that yeah, keeps so. your liver. The, the, the she cut everything out. You're like, no, nah, she's just sticking to the to the no, regular she, stuff. But I'm telling you, I mean, she drank that case of moonshine in a week. That was too much. And I, you know what? The, you know the bad the thing about this story and her drinking a case of moonshine in a week. What's that? I didn't. I didn't get laid. <laughs> you would think she would be so drunk, I would get some, but no. Uh oh. I still didn't get laid. I thought it was the other way around. You needed to be drunk because you don't yeah. like senior citizens. I don't like senior citizens. Absolutely. You need to be drunk. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to get them together, and we'll just get the girls together when we're at the Conradison so Conrad can pay for everything. That'll be the greatest podcast ever is when we get them two together. That's right. That would be very good. <laughs> of course, you'd, you'd put it as a bonus episode, and they have to pay for it on Patreon. But Of course. Yeah, of course. All right, buddy, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, and talking with me. Everybody's been asking when you're going to be on. I think uh, 75% of my listeners came from your podcast, all the candy liquors. Uh, so thank you for letting me uh, sit in with you and Conrad. And uh, as you can see by all the Twitter hate every time I'm on there, it's I, I split the room down the middle. Yeah. Well, at least they're listening, right? Yeah, it's, that's right. They, they, they keep coming back. Uh, and I tell them I'm just – how can I turn it down? If you, if you and Conrad say, come sit in the background of the podcast, why would I say no? I'm going to do that every time, and everybody else would too. So, you know, eat it. That's what I got to say. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Eat it. Don't eat be it. a Richard Cranium, uh, or, you know, dickhead, as they usually say. Don't be a Richard Cranium and just deal with the podcast. Deal with me. Deal with my laughter. Richard Cranium. Wow. That's how I politely say that on the radio. All right, buddy. A Richard Cranium. Do you know any Richard Craniums? Uh, boy, do I ever. <laughs> and we'll be going back to the Conradison to see him soon. Uh, before you get out of here, uh, since you it is a force, uh, tell them how, one, they can uh, get in touch with you if they want to on the, the old Twitter and uh, the podcast and all that good stuff. Uh, at Tony Schiavone 24 on Twitter. Uh, please do not try to friend me on Facebook because I don't friend people on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is, I do have a Facebook page, but it is only for family members and kids I grew up from high school with. It's, it's not a fan thing. It, and please don't be offended by that. It's just not. I just don't want to do it on, but I do on, I'll, you know, on Twitter, I'll, I'll connect with you. You're very engaging with the fans. Yeah. On Twitter. I, you know, I, I, I try to, yes. And, uh, also, uh, our website is whwmonday.com. You can get the podcast there. You can also get it on MLW Radio. You can get it on all the places. I guess you can get it on iTunes, but I guess iTunes is going bye-bye from what I understand. Have you heard that? I did not. Yes, I heard iTunes is going to go bye-bye. So the whole uh, Apple podcast section? Well, no. What I guess they're, they're breaking it down to iMusic, iTV, oh. iMusic. They're going to break. It's just a, a gimmick to get more money. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. But uh, so you can get it on Spotify. You can get it on, I guess, uh, Pandora. Uh, and it's WHW drops every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. But if you're on Patreon, it drops Monday mornings. And we also do two bonus podcasts. And we do all all kinds of uh, other goofy stuff. And the Patreon is patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday, a Patreon page. And we've got a lot of followers on there. 
Man, you about, just had the uh, the low-key big hog get, get, get together, and it was fantastic. Yeah, we had a great time, uh, and we'll we'll do that once a month. I mean, once a month. <laughs> Start. Oh, rewind that. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it once a year, uh, and have a get together with our low-key big hogs and have a blowout and have a great time. And so uh, I consider I consider the guys on Patreon my friends. We're all wrestling fans, you know. It's like uh, we're all buddies, and we watch wrestling together, and we all have a good time, and. Uh, so we uh, we've uh, developed in a year a pretty good following, and I want to make it even better. And I just need more time to do that. So you're gonna get a? Uh, are you? Is your next level of your appearance getting one of those Oppo suits or Shinesty suits? Uh, do what? With somebody's face on it, like the all the all the guys, oh, like no, Bad Money Slim and uh, that dumbass Jay Z flair. No, Tim, no. the guy with the suits. Yeah. Tim Clemens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They always have all the the logos and the heads and the. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not doing that's that. That's not your type of deal. No. Did you see the one Bad Money Slim had at uh, Starcast with uh, Wrestling Jesus <laughs> on the back? Wrestling Jesus. That was amazing. I like how it was completely white and it was low key from the front, and then yeah. he turned around. And he goes, "I'll see you later," and he no sold it, and he turned around, and walked off. I'm like, "What in the hell is that? What have we become?" I. People are walking I, around suits with your face on them and Conrad's face. I know, and and I had I, and I brought him in to see Conrad in the back there at Caesars, you know, and Conrad was in in his room back there, and it was like a twenty minute wait in line because there, everybody was you know kissing the ring and everything <laughs> and telling Conrad how great he was, and so I said, "Come on, Slim, stand in line." And Slim got up there and he turned around and Conrad couldn't believe what he saw, <laughs> but he still had to kiss Conrad's ring like all of us did, so. Conrad said, that's cool. Will you go escort Vampiro down to valet, please? <laughs> Get back to work. All right, buddy. If I don't see you beforehand, uh, hopefully right. I will. But uh, we'll do it again for StarCast 3. You got it. I love you, buddy. Always good talking to love you. Love you, man. Thank you, brother. Anytime, buddy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.